KPBS On Demand is supported by the National Conflict Resolution Center. Topics like political polarization and hybrid work policies can create workplace conflict. NCRC can help workplace leaders navigate divisive issues with the culture, communication, and conflict certificate. More at ncrconline.com. Good morning. I'm Tebby Cruz. It's Friday, January 13th. The number of homeless people in San Diego is at record highs. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. The latest COVID numbers are not showing a bump from the holidays. 3,300 new cases are being reported this week, down from last week's 4,600. Plus, COVID-related hospitalizations are not comparable to this time last year. There were over 1,000 San Diegans hospitalized last January, and the latest numbers show just over 400. Flu cases are also continuing to drop after an earlier start to this season. Asylum seekers applying for protections in the U.S. now have to register through a mobile app. The CBP-1 app is free to use and available in Spanish and English. Migrants will use the app to schedule an appointment to enter the U.S. According to Customs and Border Protection, the app is meant to facilitate safe and orderly arrivals. For now, the app will be used to process asylum seekers at eight ports of entry along the U.S.-Mexico border, including San Isidro. Immigrant rights activists are concerned about language and technology barriers. The city of Encinitas has closed access to one of its beaches. The city says the main support beam for the Steps to Stone Steps Beach has become structurally unsafe and needs to be replaced. There's no word on how long it will be closed. The city says people can visit Moonlight or Beacon's Beach in the meantime. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. KPBS On Demand is supported by MaraCal Design and Remodeling, helping homeowners with their home remodeling needs. From ADUs to custom kitchen remodels and room additions, MaraCal Design and Remodeling designs and builds your dream home. Learn more at trustyourhometous.com. The number of people living on the streets in downtown San Diego is at record levels. The Downtown San Diego Partnership has documented a new record high every month since August. Last month, more than 1,800 people were living on sidewalks and in vehicles in downtown. And countywide, more people become homeless than are rehoused each month. Bob McElroy is the CEO of Alpha Project, which provides services to homeless residents in San Diego. He spoke with KPBS's Jade Heidman on Wednesday. So what are your thoughts on this latest count for downtown San Diego? This is the fifth consecutive month of record high numbers. Well, we're overwhelmed. I mean, we see it every day. We've got uh, 500 and almost 600 beds uh, right now, just, just the shelters. And uh, there's no room at the end. I mean, we're 90, 99% full all the time. And, and you know, it's tragic. I, I, my first time in 35 years, I've, I've been uh, discouraged. But we're, we're working on some bigger things. I mean, you've been working in this sector for quite some time. Do you think there's anything particularly difficult about tackling this issue now as opposed to what's been done in the past? 
You know, it's just, uh, you know, the sky, we have the highest rents in the, in the entire United States. Mortgage is the same way. Um, smart people come to San Diego. If you're going to be homeless, come to San Diego. I mean, the, the, the other folks are on 12-foot snowdrifts in New York. Uh, not a good option. But we, we've seen, I, there's a new population that we've seen recently of folks who are not traditionally homeless folks. These are folks that were on the, uh, during COVID or lockdown. They uh, self-medicated with drugs and alcohol. Their jobs were uh, discontinued. They didn't have anything coming back to. Um, when life started to be restored uh, to the, the working public with no income, the government stimulus checks, I guess, uh, dried up. Now they found themselves living in their cars and their cars died. They don't have the money to fix. So it's a downward spiral. And I'm seeing folks down here that, that are now just in their addiction and um, don't struggle with the mental health issues uh, that uh, you know many of our folks struggle with. Uh, and so it's like, it's a new subculture of this population that seems to be growing. In your opinion, what are some of the most important steps that need to be taken in order to make a noticeable difference in this issue locally? Well, you know, there's two things. Certainly we have to have a starting point, which is more facilities like shelters that people can get into and at least, you know, start the process of recovery, detox from life on the streets and have some hope um, uh, of a better future. Certainly you're not, you're not getting that with the, with the tent cities, but you know, everybody talks about housing, which sounds really good, but it's not going to happen. I mean, we're building 277 units downtown now. It's a five to seven year project. prospect and you know the units now are 450,000 a piece for 360 square feet uh, in LA they're they're 700,000 to 1 million there were just an audit that the city of uh, Los Angeles set aside 2 million dollars to build housing they built less than a thousand units and some of those units were over a million dollars it's just it's just not going to happen and then we need workforce housing and these these are the kind of things that keep me up all night trying to figure out how we're going to how we're going to make this better. And right now I'm kind of at wit's end trying to figure it out. I mean, I hear you saying it's just not going to happen. I mean, but do you think there, there could be some policies put in place to maybe cap uh, the cost of housing or require more affordable housing or something like that? Is, is that uh, something you see happening? Well, they can pass all the policies they want, but if they're not implemented, we're back here at square one. It sounds good. There's a lot of sound bites in that. The Housing Commission did a report five or six years ago that if we did 25,000 new units a month, we still wouldn't catch up in 10 years. You know, because we're also missing the workforce housing also. The folks that go to work every day, especially in the in the service industry jobs and the police and teachers and stuff, they all need housing uh, also. My staff needs housing. They're paying two or $3,000 a month, 60 or 7% of their paychecks just for, for rental housing. So it's a, it's a it's an issue that, as I said, keeps me up at night, and I'm not seeing any light at the end of the tunnel at this point. I hate to be the, you know, the, the party pooper here, but it's, it's frustrating. That was Bob McElroy speaking with KPBS Midday Edition host Jade Heidman. Later in the day, San Diego Mayor Todd Gloria announced during his State of the City address that he signed an executive order to drastically speed up approval of 100% affordable housing projects. KPBS got reaction to the announcement. Deacon Jim Vargas of Father Joe's Villages says he wants to see if the executive order will truly make a difference. If we could streamline the processes for housing, 
right? If we've, we're able to do that, then we're going to cut the expense that's, that's associated with the construction of and development of housing, and we're going to get people off the streets sooner. Paul Kruger of Neighbors for a Better San Diego says current efforts to build more affordable housing are ineffective and misplaced. The units that his policies are building do not provide transitional, very low and low income housing. And until the mayor and the council acknowledge that we must build more truly affordable housing, we're not going to make a dent in the housing in a homeless problem. Vargas from Father Joe's also says the region needs more shelter beds with a wide variety of different options outside of congregate settings. Crews in San Clemente are still working to shore up eroding bluffs under the train tracks along the coast, but some residents are criticizing the way the work is being done. They took their complaints to the Orange County Transportation Authority, which is in charge of the repair. By focusing on armoring instead of replacing the sand, it's like a heart attack victim relying on drugs and CPR rather than lifestyle changes. That's Gary Walsh of the group Save Our Beaches. He told the OCTA Board of Directors preventative measures are needed. Instead of dumping more riprap in the anticipation of this uh, threat to the uh, tracks, is the placement of sand. An OCTA spokesman told KPBS the focus right now is getting the tracks up and running, which might not happen until the end of next month, depending on the weather. Then he said they'll look at long-term solutions. Coming up, need plans for the weekend? We have some weekend arts events worth checking out. We'll have that and more just after the break. KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego, offering the online Master of Data Science program, shaping the next generation of data-driven problem solvers. Learn more about the online Master of Data Science program from UC San Diego at omds.ucsd.edu. The San Diego Humane Society is in the middle of a crisis. There are way over capacity when it comes to adult dogs. So starting today, they're waiving adoption fees for dogs seven months and older. If you're struggling to keep your pet, they can help there too. The Humane Society's Nina Thompson tells us how. Our pet pantry that's open six days a week where you can come and pick up a free bag of dog or cat food any day. We have our new community veterinary program that offers reduced or free veterinary care so that you can keep your pet instead of giving them up to the shelter. More information about all that is found on the San Diego Humane Society's website. It's Friday. That means KPBS arts producer and editor Julia Dixon-Evans has a look ahead at this weekend's arts events. That includes an exhibit showcasing clothes made out of sauce packets. Yes, sauce packets. 
Here's Julia speaking with KPBS's Jade Hindman. So what kind of sauce packets are we talking about? Tell us about this very unique exhibit. Yeah, this is Ethan Chan. Um, He's an installation and performance artist. He tends to use kind of outside-the-box materials. This is a new solo exhibition at the Oceanside Museum of Art. And for these pieces, he's collected a bunch, like hundreds, I don't know, probably thousands of those free little sauce packets that you find at fast food restaurants, at gas stations and cafeterias. There's a huge range like ketchup, mayo, hot sauce, soy sauce, horseradish, and some that I've never seen before. And Chan has fashioned them into these full outfits with shoes, sometimes with hats. And these are for his friends to wear. The outfits will be on view. They're hanging on the walls of the museum. But as a sort of performance art element, Chan also had his friends wear the sauce packet clothes while hanging out at home, going about their daily tasks. And these were photographed, and those photographs will be on view also. This opens on Saturday, and it's on view through the end of April. So your chances to see it this weekend are Saturday and Sunday from 11 to 5 p.m. So now is there sauce in the packets? I believe so. These are like three-dimensional. They look very squishy. So I would not sit down while wearing them. <laughs> well, at least you've got yourself a saucy outfit. Uh, amazing what you can turn into art for sure. So let's stay in the North County for one more. At the Institute of Contemporary Art San Diego's North Campus, there's a special event with their visual artist in residence and one of San Diego's own composers. What can you tell us? Yeah, this is a collaboration between the museum and Art of Ilan, which is a musical ensemble. And it's anchored to the work of Toronto-based visual artist Shelley Zhang. That's the current exhibition and residency there at ICA. For this event, it's tonight. Zhang will discuss her work with UC San Diego Distinguished Professor of Music and composer Lei Liang. And they will talk about some of the points of intersection in their works. Themes like home, migration, the diaspora... And then Art of Elan will do a performance that spotlights some of Liang's work. This one is Liang's Gobi Canticle. It's for violin and cello, and it's based on Mongolian folk songs. Zhang's exhibit itself is also totally worth a look before it closes on February 12th. This event is free, but you'll need to RSVP online. It's tonight from 5.30 to 8.30. The artist talk begins at 6.15 and the performance is at 7.15. All right, and it's a big weekend at Bread and Salt, too, with a few events and openings. What's going on? Yeah, this is for the monthly Barrio Art Crawl, and Bread and Salt always stays open late on that Saturday until about 8 o'clock. Hyon Kim is opening new video and performance works at Best Practice. That all starts at 5 on Saturday. At 5.30, artist Sybil Rubottom will do a walkthrough of her exhibit at the Athenaeum Art Center, also at Bread and Salt. She is about to retire from running the print studio there. So they're celebrating with this six-decade survey of her work. 
And I love how even though it pulls from so many different formats and eras of her work, it still feels really unified. Her work's kind of fairy tale like kind of mythic feeling and childlike. I talked to her and she says it's kind of her approach to art making. I, I want to make nice things and um, that doesn't mean I don't care desperately about it. It's why I do want to do it because it's so, life is hard. <laughs> The walkthrough is at 5.30, and then the exhibition will only be on view until the 28th. Also closing on the 28th is Marisol Rendon's exhibit in the main Bread and Salt Gallery. And later that night, Francisco Ame will perform a production of Treatise on Violence, put together by Project Blank. This is a multimedia production. It has photography, sound installations, field recordings, and then a performance of his music with opera singing, even flute. And here's a little bit of his song, Los Desaparecidos. Uh, this is from the album that his multimedia production is based upon. The concert starts at 8 o'clock, and it costs $10. That was KPBS's Julia Dixon-Evans speaking with KPBS Midday Edition host, Jade Heidman. You can find details on these and more arts events at kpbs.org arts. That's it for the podcast today. This podcast is produced by KPBS senior producer, Brooke Ruth and producer Emmeline Mohebi. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Debbie Cruz. The podcast will be back Tuesday. Thanks for listening and enjoy your long weekend. KPBS On Demand is supported by the Museum of Contemporary Art San Diego, offering visitors to the La Jolla campus special exhibitions, collection galleries, coastal vistas, seaside dining, and more. MCASD.org.